Welcome to Riverside Atlanta. I'm Pastor Dale Stevens. We are a community of believers, a church here in Atlanta's Upper West Side. And here is what we are committed to. We're committed to seeing revival, life change, transformation here in Atlanta's Upper West Side. We want to see it in our personal lives. We want to see it in our families. And we definitely want to see it in our city. I pray that God would speak to you through the message today. Check us out online, riversideatlanta.church. You can follow and subscribe to us. Until then, may God bless you and keep you. May he inspire you with faith, hope, and love. God bless. God bless you. If you're visiting today, do not judge Riverside Church because I'm here. You need to come back and hear Pastor Dale. Amen. I am excited about being here. My wife isn't with me today. Um, she has some dental issues, and so she's in some pain. But I am blessed. Dale asked me, would you come? I said, yeah, man, I love it here. This is kind of like family to me. One, because of Dale and Andrew and the kids and many of you as well. But I'm excited. Listen, I said I'm a specialist. Dale said it well. I think I'm a specialist in everything I see and everything I think. I have my opinion, and I hold close to my opinion. So I'm an opinionated guy. Anybody else like that here today? Or are you just one of those wavy guys just think, I'm going to believe every other story I hear? Okay, so I, I'm going to talk to you today, and Dale kind of hammered it. I know I'm supposed to be chained to this thing. I am not used to this, so I got like, I think, five or six feet because of the camera. So if I get out of line, somebody say something, just go like this at me. I think you're just waving to the Holy Spirit or something, but just look at me. And I, I want to tell you, if you don't know who I am, you have not lost anything, but if you don't know who my family is, you're missing a great treasure. My wife, Patty, gave me 11 children. I'm going to do this quickly. Uh, this is a platform that we have. We have 11 children, and those children are all grown, all moved out of the house. My youngest closed on his house last Friday and moved into his new home on Saturday. And uh, with that all grown and almost all of them married, we now have 37 grandkids, and I kissed 35 of them. Two are still in the womb. We're waiting for them to come out to hold and kiss. We have 37. It's an even, um, well, we're off by one, uh, 17 girls, 18 boys uh, right now. And um, we think it's obviously with 37, it's still going to be an odd number. But they're close. They're close together. I have an interracial family. Uh, I have an uh, African son, Adili. Uh, would you show a picture of Adili? He's the one with the blonde wife. Adili and my daughter, Hannah. They have four children. Would we see the picture of them, please? The next picture, I think they're in the park. There they are. Uh, four children. They all speak Swahili at home. And uh, that's about two years ago. They're a little older. And everywhere else, they speak English. I'm going to come back to them in a moment. I have an African, uh, African-American son, Michael, married to my daughter, Haley. Um, this next picture, you're going to see this guy. See how that picture kind of buffs up his arm? Look at that arm. Huh? He is confident. Michael is the sweetest guy. They have two daughters. I um, have a Brazilian daughter-in-law. I didn't give you a picture of her. They speak Portuguese at home and everywhere else. They speak English. Um, my brother married a Japanese woman in Japan. I took in custody, didn't adopt, a uh, Hispanic young man who's part of our family, and uh, I married a heathen. So we're quite a mixed family. <laughs> Patty is no longer a heathen. She has come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about this 
COVID thing and the onslaught of injustice that we have seen in our nation. And I get it when people, Becca even says, she says it's been horrible or fearful or whatever the terminology, and I get that. But I think we as a church, can you hear me for a moment? I think we as a church have missed an opportunity that is unprecedented in any time gone past. Every race, every man, every woman, young, old, rich, poor child was locked behind doors for months. And we as a church went into a mode of survival. I'm not speaking about Riverside. I don't know what you did. I know what we did at the Dream Center. We went into survival. We closed down our doors because we wanted to be obedient to those in authority over us in the state, and I think that was wise. But we found ourselves locking ourselves behind doors as well. We found ourselves on videos trying to survive with the people that we call our own that we wouldn't lose contact with them. And then we did other things like emails. But those who Dale said are looking for messages out there could not find us because how would they find Atlanta Dream Center if they didn't know about Atlanta Dream Center? But around my church and around your church and around your home, every person, Almost every person, unless they worked at a Kroger or a Home Depot, was home behind the door, panicked, full of fear, and the unknown. And we, the church, can I say this, and I'll say it publicly here and anywhere, we missed an opportunity. They had no answers. They had a spirit of fear upon them. And we walked as a church in survival mode in the same aspect of fear. I'm going to yell a little bit today. It's not because I'm mad. It's just my demeanor, okay? When we had an opportunity, something simple maybe. Something simple is just knocking on the door, standing six feet back, and having a package with some popcorn, microwave popcorn, and a deck of Uno or something that you could just say, hey, I'm the church down the street, and we're here, and here's a phone number in there, and we'll answer it. It's my personal number. We'll answer it if you call. If you want prayer or you just want somebody to talk to in this time of isolation, we're here for you. Now, that's a simple thing. Just came off the top of my head. We did not do that. We did other things. My church didn't. My dream center didn't. No, no, they, they backed up. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. There's a couple of people that think they're specialists, and I'm one of them. And I was refused to lock myself down. I'm at the age of 68. I'm one of the ones that are liable of catching and dying. I've had cancer, stage four cancer. I got all that stuff. But can I be real with you? I'm not afraid of death. I don't want anybody else to die if they're afraid of it. I know where I'm going. I am confident in my salvation. My brother was hiding. His friend called him. He said, Dennis, how long do you want to live? He says, I'm going fishing. He got it, went on a fishing boat and went fishing. Friends, we are the church of Jesus Christ, and we had still an opportunity, and we're going to look at some of these opportunities in a few moments. I got a scripture I think you're going to like. I never preach out of the mission or the message Bible. I think it's uh, probably not fond of, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to read this to you because I wrote it out. This is about the turning of the tides, a little bit of mission. It says this. I wrote this. and not good writing, and it probably the grammar is horrible. There's been a change in the recent years of the church and the leadership's view on missions. For over a century, we as Assembly of God churches and every other church, missions has been the act of evangelism on foreign soil. In recent years, the tide has changed and the thought of mission is shifting to the homeland. That's what this is. This is a homeland mission church right here. The social media and the ability to see our country up close has been obvious in the minds of the church and that America is in great need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The drug epidemic grows as overall church attendance shrinks in the United States, and it is evident that America needs the gospel. We are defining revival as emptying out every corner church to fill up a mega church. Friends, America needs the gospel. When the church meets for an hour a week and children and parents alike are flooded daily with mockery of basic Biblical principles as school, work, and media, we have to agree that we are in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The things that once plagued other towns, sex trafficking of children, racism, divorce, hate, pornography, and every hand confusion of sexuality now stands at the doorstep of every home in America. We need the gospel. The influence of foreign religions increasing in our homeland, secularism and prosperity now being the new gods of America, America now needs the gospel more than ever. With the current events today, breathing fear for this pandemic and the civil unrest, breeding uh, riots across our nation, it is easy to see that we need a gospel of Jesus Christ. We hold the answer. I say we, you and me, hold the answer. Not Dell and I, not pastors. We, the church, have the answer in our hands. Recent days, and even last night, I was watching the news. We've seen our cities torn apart with injustice and civil unrest. The public is screaming. I'm going to say this: the public, and I'm part of that public. And I'm going to make a plug for next Friday. May I do that, Dell? The public is screaming for justice and policy change and heads to roll and equality. The chasm of racial divide has never been this large not for decades. We have seen unjustified deaths and now the pillaging of rioters. Policy and politics, I'm sorry I'm reading this, but I, I wrote this out this morning, bear with me. Policy and politics will never be the answer, nor was it ever the problem. Bluntly, the problem is the poverty of man that breeds sin. Everything we see, friends, is the root of sin, every bit of it. The reason I showed you my mixed family, I want you to know that I too, I, I've never been able to climb in to a black man's skin. I never have, never had the ability. And what I see, I see at a distance. But I live close to it. I live close to racism. You see it. I wanna share a couple of stories, personal stories, and why I'm an advocate that we need change. Adili, the young man that you saw with my daughter at the first man, you, if you have that, if you pull that back up the real, I think they're at the Marietta Diner. They bought a house in Canton. My daughter goes next door to a Bible study, a white family, and she tells Hannah, it's a women's Bible study, she says, Hannah, my dad and my brothers don't think that your marriage is right in the sight of God or in our society. Hannah says, I'm used to that. And then she says, does your husband run in this neighborhood? She goes, no, he doesn't run. She goes, that's good. He shouldn't run in my neighborhood. She's moving. They're putting a for sale sign up in their house. You know why? Not because they can't handle it. It's because they have four children. Even though they're mixed, they're going to be called black. And they're not going to be accepted fully in the black community because they have a blonde white mama. They're moving. And they're moving closer to Atlanta where there's a more racial diversity. The other couple, Michael, you want to put that one up? The guy with the big arms? They are Alabama fans. I, I, I didn't breathe that. that. This happened to be them. I didn't breathe them to be Alabama fans, but they are, and they go to the games. 
My daughter gets, goes to the bathroom and two black women follow her in a corner when she comes out of the stall and threatens her and says, don't mess with our men. The next game they go to, they're sitting in the bleachers, they have their seats, and Michael gets hit with one of those plastic beer bottles in his back because he's sitting with his beautiful white wife. I know what racism like at a distance. Michael had just bought a house for my daughter in Woodstock, and he's riding his power skateboard, and he goes up to the corner, and this white woman comes out and says, what are you doing here? It's about dark time. What are you doing here, selling drugs? He says, no, ma'am, no, I just, I just bought a house and just had it remodeled and cleaned up the yard. Her husband came out and scolded her publicly. I, I'm not in the skin, but I have a little bit of the knowledge of what they go through. I'm standing on my front lawn. I live in a nice neighborhood. And my son Adelia is standing with me and two punk white kids go by in a Jeep and call me an end lover. I jump on my Harley and I can't catch them. They turned off somewhere. I have six brown babies. And I can't fight for my son and son-in-law. They don't need me to fight. You saw mine. But I got six grandbabies. Two of them spent the night with me last night. The other four, the night before. My house always has grandchildren. I am appalled of the rampant sin that is going on in our nation. And we have the answer. We have the answer. Not the government, not the Republicans, nor the Democrats. And if we look at it deeply, we see that they play racism for their benefit. I don't want to be paralyzed anymore by this stuff. I don't want us to hide in fear. Now, if you're afraid of dying or you're going to get sick, I'm, I'm not telling you to take off your mask. The only time I wear a mask is when it's mandatory, when I go to Costco. It's the truth. I did wear my red bandana when in the bank because I felt like I was a bank robber and it kind of felt good. I'm not saying I'm wise and I'm not saying I'm full of faith. I'm just saying I'm not going to cower back when I have an opportunity. And when I go out into the streets these last two months and I go into my neighborhoods where I minister, can I tell you what they tell me? Pastor, can I get a hug? I go, come on, mama. You're saying, Pastor Paul, you might endanger them. Yeah, yeah, I might. I might. But if you know the neighborhoods they're living in, they're already endangered. They want, they want somebody who loves them and cares. And more now than any other time. There's a time that the church needs to rise up. And I believe that Riverside, Atlanta Dream Center. I, let me say this. I heard, I don't know if it's certain, Louis Gigolo took advantage of this. And he did something over the internet for around the world. And I hear 70,000 people made a commitment to Christ the first month of our pandemic. 70,000. And he runs about 25 to 4,000 on a Sunday. Whew. What an opportunity. You know what that tells me? Not that he was smart. It tells me that the world is hungry for an answer. Unity. I'm a kisser and a hugger. Those two men that married my daughters, they kiss me. 
They kiss me, and they don't kiss me on my shoulder. I kiss men on the shoulder. I just kiss them on the cheek until I became a pastor in a lumber uh, territory in Northern California. Those lumberjacks didn't like me kissing them, so I ended up kissing them on the shoulder. But Michael kisses me on my mouth because he loves me. My sons and daughters and all my grandchildren kiss me on my mouth. You say, Pastor Paul, that's gross. It's only gross because we live in a society of sin and we think sin when we see that stuff. We see perversion and we see homosexuality and we see all those other things, but the reality is it's love. And I will not be pushed because people are fearful and of sin. I am not boasting. I want you to know that. I am not boasting. I realize that I've done things that are contrary to what our society says is safe. I get that. For that, I may pay the price. I may pull my feet up and die in a few months because of it, but so be it. I can't go back and change who I am. And I will not be dictated by a sickness which did not come from heaven. And I will not be dictated by racism that is not from heaven, but from the pit of hell. This coming Friday on the 19th, I'm a part of one race. I was fortunate, I didn't even know this. I had lunch with them the other day as they're planning for the march at the park in Centennial Park this coming Friday on the 19th. I'll give you some more information. I found out that I was the first pastor that they contacted to be a part of the one race. I had no idea of that and I felt blessed. I've been on their speaking tours and I'm gonna be able to speak a little bit this time, but I'm probably the least of all of them that are gonna be speaking. But I encourage you to go. There's only 6,000 people they're gonna allow in the park. Coca-Cola said 6,000. Pandemic can't have any more. But if anybody else wants to come, they can stand outside the gates. They'll get hear the music and they can hear the speakers. And we're gonna meet at nine o'clock in Centennial Park. You have to pre-register if you don't have a band. When you go there, the cops are gonna kick you out. So be there, get, get online. There are about 350 people are signing up a day on average. And on Friday, we had 4,200 people. That only left 1,800 more to register. So register and be a part of this thing. If you don't get to register, if it's sold out, Show up, because at 11 o'clock, we're marching to the Capitol, and we're gonna have some speakers, and then we're marching back, and we're gonna have a party, all right? And after the, uh, we march back, they figure a lot of old guys like me won't stick around. I gotta stick around, because I gotta do something, but, but they'll leave, and there'll be room for others that don't have a band to come. It is not a political movement. There's political ideas, but there's not a political movement. One race is stating that we have one Father in heaven. We're one race. We are one race. I did my little DNA thing when you spit in the bottle. You ever done that? Oh, man. I'm everything. What I am, mostly, which brought my family to America, is Jew. And my father and my grandfather were persecuted. 54 of my grandfather's relatives were killed in the Holocaust that they know of. 54 cousins, aunts, and uncles were killed in the Holocaust because of racism and hatred. No, no, I'm taking that back. It wasn't racism, it wasn't hatred, it was sin. Sin. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12 with me if you would. Oh, I look around, wait a minute, I look around for a minute. I wanna give you a little history. 401 years ago this August, the first slave brought into Jamestown. Are you aware of that? 401 years ago this August. 250 years of slavery, 250 years of slavery. And then we had the proclamation and we had 100 years of proclamation. But in that 100 years, we have Jim Crow. 
We had two-third human. We had all those other things. There was a freedom. It was a freedom. Now we're at 350 years of the history of the black community that came to America, forced into America, came and lived here now willfully, and 350 years, still not equality. And then we had 1964, 1965, where we got civil rights and the right to vote and all those other things, but we still realize that we are not equal in the sight of humanity. That ticks me off. I hope that angers you. My house, I didn't get a picture of me on my heart. I, got, I ride sometimes some radical bikes. I lived in a pink house. I share this a lot because it bothered me. I lived in a pink house, and I rode a Harley, a chopper. They called it salmon because it didn't sound as bad as pink. Finally, we painted our house. It's an off-white color. Painted it. Lo and behold, I opened the front door. Do you know the inside of my house has not changed? You know where I'm going? I'll tell you where I'm going. The pigmentation in that paint on my house is almost four millimeters thick. The pigmentation in our skin is 0 0.005 of thickness, the pigment of our skin. Regardless of the paint on our house, we opened up the front door and we're all the same. We're all the same. We breathe the same, we walk the same, we, pre we, uh, uh, we, we do everything, our heart beats the same, our lungs are the same. Maybe I can't jump as high, but everything else is the same. That was supposed to be funny. Dale didn't come to have me lecture anybody on, on racism. He didn't. And it's not my intent to race I use the race card as an opportunity to try to teach us anything. It's just a fact that we face today. No, we don't face it today. We've always faced it. How many went to school in the 60s here? It looks like maybe a couple of us. Huh? I was, I was bused during integration. I had to be bused to another town. The motive was right, but they didn't train us kids. They just put us on a bus and sent us into strange places and strange schools and people we didn't know. And on both sides, white and brown and black, we were thrown into a mess where parents and people at the White House said, this is good, and we had trouble. I don't know about you, but I got my face stomped in the ground one time the Friday before Easter break. They called it Easter break then. They didn't call it spring break. It was a religious holiday. These guys, and I'm not faulting these guys. I'm not faulting them at all. I invaded their territory. They didn't want me there, and they stomped me in the ground. A guy, a man, a black man came across a fence with a baseball bat and saved me. This isn't new. This has been bred from generation to generation to generation, and I'll be darned if I'm going to let my grandkids suffer this stuff. It's time to stop. It's time to march together. And we are one people, and we are one race, and we have one goal, and that is to bring Jesus Christ the gospel into a world where sin is, where people will learn to repent and lay down old ideas and sit down at the table and hear hard conversations. And melt their hearts once again. Listen. I, I got to say this one more time. We're getting the scripture down. Thank you for putting up with you. You're probably sweating bullets over. They say, why did I bring Pastor Paul here today? 
This is not, it's not political. Don't get caught up in the political circus. Don't go there. They don't have an answer. They say they do, they don't. And as soon as we come together, they lose what they want. We are the answer. You and me, you and me, we are the answer. We have the answer. Romans 12, if you would turn there, I'm going to start at verse 9. Don't get quiet on me, okay? Thank you. I'm reading out the Message Bible, so it's going to read different than your translation. Verse 9, Father, I just pray, first of all, that you take this word, regardless if it's King James or New King James or NIV or New American Standard or the Message, and that you would turn it, Lord, into our ears and to our hearts, that, Lord, that this would be a word of encouragement, Lord God, that we would find ourselves, yes, we are the answer, and we walk boldly with the answer. And, Lord, we have clear vision, not being tossed to and fro by the voices that we hear. Verse 9, love from the center of who you are. I'm probably going to stop a lot during this time, so bear with me. And I don't even know what the clock says, but I'm going to get through these scriptures, and then I'll close it out. You guys okay with that? If I don't get a resounding amen, I'm going to keep you here until 2 o'clock. All right, that's resounding enough because I don't want to be here until 2 o'clock. Love from the center of who you are. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. I just want to run off of that. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. You like that? Run. Sounds like my mom's saying, talking to me as a kid. Run for your life from evil. Hold on for dear life for good. Be good friends who love deeply, practicing, playing second fiddle. You know what that means? Don't be the know-it-all like I think I am. Make everybody else more important than you. Be good friends and love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Verse 11, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflamed. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully with expectation. Don't quit in hard times. Friends, we're in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be incentive in, in hospitality. Verse 14, bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. God. I was going to say something about one of my relatives, but they may find this somewhere and not be ostracized. There's so many hypocrites out there when it comes to these things. There are so many hypocrites. I know, I know I can't, I can't change your heart. I know that. And maybe your hearts don't need to be changed. And I can't persuade you to do something crazy. I can't do that. I know that. But I can't help but being a sounding trumpet in a day of desperate, a day that is desperate, a day where there is such division and fear. I'm only 68. I'm going to say only. In Georgia, let me tell you with the stats. In Georgia, the average age for a man in Georgia it's 54 and eight months. <laughs> I got six years. <laughs> so maybe I am old. But I've never seen a time like this. I've seen bad times, but I've never seen a time like this. And we're turning our hate to the wrong place. We're turning our hate to cops. We're turning our hate to the White House. We're turning our hate to 
the governor's office. We're turning our hate to color. Our hate should be the devil. Don't burn out. Keep fuel and be alive. Be servant to your master. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Give help. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies and don't curse under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. I think next Friday, if you're there, you're going to laugh and you're going to cry. You're going to hear some of the speakers and some of their stories, and you're going to hear their, their hope. And their hope, again, isn't political. Their hope is in Christ. This is a Christian organization that is driven to bring unity. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. I like this translation. Make friends with nobodies. And don't be great. And don't be a great somebody. Help me, Jesus. Don't hit back. I'm so glad my Harley couldn't find that Jeep. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. In quotation, I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Your scriptures tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person a lunch. If you see him thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you, but let the best of evil. I'm sorry, let me read that again. Don't let evil get the best of you, but get the best of evil by doing good. Got one more verse in 1 Samuel. It's a half a verse. You know the story. David was going to be anointed. He wasn't there. And, and Samuel looked at Jesse's oldest son and said, this must be the guy. And this is what God says in the Living Bible. He says this. God judges a person differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face, but I, God, look at the heart. It's probably good that I am stuck in front of these cameras up here because I might get to too close to some of you that are fearful. And I'm not shunning your fear. I get it. I get it. My wife is fearful. I get it. But this is a time I want to get down and be with you. This is a time I want to get off this stage and say, I am your friend. And if I wound you with my words today, I am sorry. My intent is to bring us together and not bring a bigger chasm to separate us. My point is to point out that your experience, I, I've talked about my kids' experience, I've talked a little bit about my experience. I cannot, and I'm going to say this again, and I'll say it until I see the Lord face to face, I cannot get into my black brothers and sisters' skin and say, I know what you feel, I can't do it, I wish I could, I can't. I just got a small taste. And I can't even get into my grandfather's skin, who watched his relatives get locked up and tortured and starved to death and murdered and raped. I can't get into his skin. I wasn't there. I just know that the sin is rapid, and it goes beyond black and white. Hispanics have it against Hispanics. Mexicans against the Salvadorians. You and I have an opportunity today. We might have missed some opportunities as days gone by and months have gone by, but we have opportunities today. Our nation is ripped. 
People are hurting and people are rightfully angry. But we have the compass to turn their attention to the real issues and the real problem. It is the privacy of men that breeds sin to the deepest core of humanity. The big thing is, is um, in this race thing is people repenting. Some people feel it's weak or they feel coerced to. Before I go on with that, I'm gonna say this about what I know of the black community, working in it for 17 years when I was the only white guy in the whole neighborhood in Old Fourth Ward. It's a strong community. It's a community that has stuck together for 400 years on this continent, that has survived torment and hatred. They have the ability and they have the will to be able to pick themselves up on their own boots and not have to ride on the backs of those who have enslaved them in days gone by because they have the knowledge and the wisdom and the strength and the character to do all that they desire to do. And I will not be a part, I will not be a part to take that away from this community, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll say this in my apologetic statement. I am sorry, not because I'm white, I didn't have a choice. I'm sorry, not because I had privilege, because I was white, I didn't have a choice, it just happened. I'm sorry that I wasn't a larger voice for equality for decades of my 68 years. That's what I'm sorry for. You don't need me to apologize because I was born in a white family, but I need to apologize to you because I was not a voice for equality for decades of my life. I was young, thought I was a specialist in my times then as I think I'm a specialist in my time today. For that, I grieve. Can I read a statement from my son-in-law and then I'll close and I'll let Dale come. We're probably way over. Did we throw me my phone? My son, Michael, the one with the biceps that should be illegal, wrote this on a Facebook post. He read something one of my sons had written. And um, I don't, I write a lot on Facebook. I just don't read a lot of Facebook. I'm, just, I'm not interested in other people's stories, I guess. I don't know. But Michael wrote this, and um, this is what he said. Let me get to his comment. Hmm. Are you guys with me okay? Can I do that? Oh, here we go, right here. Oh. Maybe he got slammed. It looks like he took a lot of it down. If he did, I'm sorry for that. So you so blessed me. Well, I'm not going to try to paraphrase it. But, um, oh, I hope he didn't get harassed. Love deeply. 
suffer long. Unite. Let's come together. I want to pray and then I'm going to have Dale come. Father, I pray for Dale for I don't know how he's going to close this service out after I've said all the things I've said. I mean that. I mean that. And he was kind enough not to look over my shoulder when I prepared my notes or ask me what I was going to speak on. But I believe the church today, Lord, can no longer hide behind its doors and not live in survival mode, but live with power and force and purpose. That we be the driving wedge that brings us together rather than separates us. That we wedge sin out of our society and bring grace into the midst of it. That we would love big and love much. We'd have the hard conversations and choose to dwell in unity, knowing that we have one Father. We are one race. And I ask these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Dale, you okay if I got one more short story? Really short. Short. So I, short. My son, my son preached on Pentecost. He said the first Sunday on Pentecost, first Pentecost Sunday, was really about bringing, uh, uh, bringing the races together because they spoke in every tongue and 3,000 came to Christ. Anyway, thank you, Dell. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Please like and subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends and family about us too. If you are a first-time guest, please visit us online at riversideatlanta.church and on our social media platforms at ATL Riverside on both Instagram and Facebook. For our regular attenders, you may still send your tithe and offerings online via our website, riversideatlanta.church, where you can find our donate button on the homepage. Thank you so much for joining us today. Like and subscribe and have a blessed day.